QP Nation, we're two days late, but we are going to hit you with a dope pod to step two. It's your boy Vince. It is the AFC West preview, and we got to get into it. Um, but before that, we're going to give some news on what's going on with the network and what's going on with me. So we'll go from there. One, the network is thriving. Two, we have multiple pods on network that you should be checking out. And if you're not, shame on you. So with this show that goes off two times a week, Football Friday usually, Football Sunday will come to you today, and Hoop Questions Monday, we also have Kyler Copeland's Fantasy Dreams. We also have... Big Kez's AT Aliens podcast with more to come. This is a solo ride for your boy today. He is on a mission. One, the mission is super clear that we need to go ahead and talk about all the stuff that's going on on the network. Keep apprised of there is a YouTube page now, QP Sports. Go check that out. You got to get with us on Spotify Green Room. Check that out. We'll do a better job of giving you more information as that arises. Putting it on Twitter and Instagram. And then we're moving towards football season and also new pods. One pod that I know of that will be happening, and it should happen pretty much either the last week of August or the first week of September, and that is the Sports Gambling Pod. Nico and Zach will host that. You've heard Nico here before. Zach, who has made a brief appearance on the podcast will be joining us next week for the NFC East preview which should be epic he's a Philadelphia fan and that should go over real well now on to house news um usually I keep you guys abreast of what's going on um there's been some personal things that have happened over the last uh, couple weeks that have been just I wouldn't say hard to deal with just the finality of how it was going to go down Um, as you know I've said in numerous podcasts that I have a family member that is dealing with some mental health issues well it comes to find out that this person has just caused my my wife some strain and at this point we can't continue the way it is so executive decision was made and we are like temporarily moving until we make the big move that will be happening probably sometime Real close first of the year or right after the first of the year. But, you know, um, the thing about it is, is that when 
there is help for you and you can't get to it just because of what is the stumbling block in your way. Um, it becomes an issue for everyone and it's a sad day. Um, it's a sad day for myself. I have a lot of love for this person. I wish there was more I could do, but unfortunately there is not. So that's why we're real big on mental health on this podcast because of the fact that I have a real life, real time experience going on. That experience has not been great. It is hard to know that there's somebody out there who doesn't trust you, who should. Um, It's hard to know that there's somebody out there who doesn't love you, who should. It is also hard to know that that person is in a situation where they're in dire need of help and won't get it. But for the preservation of others, um, more importantly, my wife, it was time for me to um, make that stance and, and, and make a make a realistic situation happen because this is uh it's real it's real tough. You know, I don't I hope nobody has to go through it personally. Um just the <clears throat> erratic behavior, um self harm, um isolation of people, um Just all the stuff that you can think of, just not knowing yourself, not really identifying with really who you are and can't come to grips with like your place in like a family unit, struggling for power that's not even there. So... There's just a lot of stuff going on. I want to update you guys. It hasn't been a pleasure cruise for your boy. But God is good and he always prevails. And as far as the way I look at it is that for me, hopefully this is something that we can utilize here. That this safe space that we can talk about this stuff here. Mental illness is not a joke. Mental illness is a situation where with help and with love and support of your family, you can get through. You just got to want the help. You got to see the signs. You got to, you know, ask people, hey, what do you think? And then there has to be some self-scouting going on, right? Some self-assessment, some self-awareness that goes on to say, hey, my thinking isn't 100% where it kind of needs to be. Maybe I need to talk to a friend, a friend, a family member, a member of the church, if that's what you so desire to believe in. Um, you know, I've given you what I am, you know, as a faithful follower of Christ, but to each his own. All right. So 
not only has it been rough for um, my wife, it's been rough watching her go through it. Um, being the sensitive soul that she is, being the person that she is, knowing what is basically kind of just kind of ripping her apart has not been fun to watch. So here we are. Here we are. So the only thing I can tell you is that there might be some hiccups in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to pl- try to plan ahead. Um, so this doesn't happen again today. Um, I'm going to try to get a couple pods out like in the next couple of weeks. So then there will be like preview pods. Everything will be set. Now, usually for the Who Questions Monday, that information is coming in real fast, real furious. So we'll see what we have to do with that. I might have to have some guys do some spot duty for me um, in the temporary move. We'll see. But right now, we're just saying that God's taking care of us and we are certain about our outcome because our faith is in God. So we're good there. All right. With all that being said, I think we got everything out of the way. You guys are caught up. You guys know what's going on. Uh, Please look at the other pods on the network. Fantasy Dreams, Kyler Copeland. He's doing a bang up job. I'm really really proud of him. And also, C. Big Kez's AT Aliens podcast, QPPN represents, gives it the most flavor. And what is said on that podcast, it's just wild. That's what I'm going to say about that. All right. With that being said, we're going to get in to this podcast, blow it up, and get up out of here. Because um, we got a podcast tomorrow, right? So without further ado, let's get in to the pod. Alright, this is the AFC West preview special. This, other than the NFC West, this might be the toughest division. Um, It depends on how you feel about the AFC North. If you have not heard that podcast that was a couple weeks ago, go into the archive pods and get that. You can get us on Spotify. You can get us on Apple and all your other major platforms that host podcasts as well it was a dope podcast i had help today is a solo mission all right so let's look back kansas city great offense great quarterback 
uh, great offensive mind in Andy Reid, get to the Super Bowl, lose Super Bowl to Tom Brady, did not have an offensive line to protect Mahomes, something like $40 million over the cap as the season ended, and lo and behold, they got some cap space and moved on. We'll get to them in a second, but I'll just kind of give you a breakdown. Justin Herbert for the Los Angeles Chargers comes in. Tyrod Taylor gets hit with an injection that collapses his lungs. Herbert takes over. Looks pretty good in the process. Looks like the Chargers have a quarterback that they can rely on for the next 10 to 12 years. Vegas is in Vegas. The Raiders are absolutely the most Vegas team that you can ever have. All right. Gruden still in the middle of a 10-year deal. Mayock, who was on the NFL Network, really loved him. Draft picks have been... This year was no exception. All right. Good quarterback, we think. Josh Jacobs, stud. Did a whole redo on their offensive line. Trading people out, got people in. All kinds of craziness. Now, we get to the last team in this division. And that is the Denver Broncos. John Elway still in search of John Elway. Or clone of John Elway. Drew Locke, who was supposed to be the John Elway clone, has not turned out to be. Enter Teddy Bridgewater. All right. Defense should be back. And what have you. So that's a quick little overview. Now we're going to go into the teams. Last year, we had Kansas City winning that division. There was no question about it. And this year, we're going to go ahead and look at everybody. Because this is a stacked division. It doesn't really matter what you think of, you know, the gap between Kansas City and everybody else. Because, sure, let's get it right. Kansas City is still the class of this division. All right, Chief Kingdom. All right, you know that I know that you guys are the class of the division. But there's been some major steps forward, and let's kind of get into them, right? Okay, so first and foremost, we have the Las Vegas Raiders. So the Raiders (laughs) keep on doing Raider things. They just do. Okay, so they drafted Alex Leatherwood in the first round, which everybody thought that you can get him in the late second round or early third round. But then they went back in the second round and got Trevor Morick from TCU, who was supposed to be a first rounder anyway. So, well, if you... It it never looks right, but somehow they get there. I, I just don't know. It's just... It's weird. It's... It's... It's just Raiders. This is what it is. 
This is what it's been. You know, it's just, you ever have that person in your life that is just a walking contradictory? That's what the Raiders are. You think commitment to excellence. You think about winning. You think about the song. You think about Berman going, the Raiders. You know all the silver and black. You got it. You understand, right? I'm still trying to figure out what the hell, what what they're trying to do. I'm really trying to figure it out. We don't know if they have any difference makers on defense whatsoever. Their edge rush is poor. They're repl- they're still trying to replace Camille, Khalil Mack from like three years ago. Or you could have just kept Khalil Mack. I don't know. They revamped the offensive line, which kind of wasn't the problem. Okay. So there's Derek Carr, right? And with all the moving pieces around this cat, when are we ever going to get a gauge on whether this dude is the guy or not? Personally, I think time is up. Derek Carr needs to step up to the plate. He needs to put together a, not just a respectable season, he needs to put up the season that says, okay, dude, it's time to win. He's got weapons. Waller, as a tight end, is one of the best in football. He might be second in football, but on second in this division just because Travis Kelsey is in this division with him. But Waller is a beast. 6'6", catch radius out of this world, high points the ball, runs around like a wide receiver a little bit, got his blocking technique a little bit better last year. All around, good year for Waller. Then we got Henry Ruggs, got the other wide receivers, that have been, let's face it, they've been okay. They have not been great. Okay? The wide receiver group needs to step up. Now, you could say David Carr needs to, Derek Carr needs to step up. You know? You say that. Derek Carr needs to step up. All right. So either one of the two, it's going to be on somebody. And it usually is going to fall on the quarterback. So it's time. All right? Vegas will have fans in the stands. The ghost of Al Davis will be upon them. They have a nightclub in that stadium. Go figure. We'll see. I'll give you the, their prediction at the end of the podcast, but we will see. That defense needs to step up. Farrell needs to be better. Their edge rushers need to be better. They need to be opportunistic on the in the secondary. And 
And Carr needs to be a good quarterback. There are reports out there that think that Mariota will actually take that job by the end of the year. I'm not one of them. I'm going to support Carr until it's absolutely over. But I think the excuse making for Carr is over now. No more excuses. You should be okay. The offensive line is okay. It's good. Solid. Defense should improve. Your weapons should not draw balls. And we'll see what it is at the end of the year. Now to the other confusing team in the division. Mile high. What's up? Denver, Colorado. How's it going? So Elway is uh, still looking for quarterback. Drew Locke, super inconsistent last year. But we'll get to that. But he, he has some he has some help being inconsistent. So they turn to none other than Teddy Bridgewater. Now, Teddy, great game manager. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Doesn't hurt your team. But he's not going to win your games. He was brought in to put a fire under Drew Locke. Drew Locke, make no mistake about it. If he's not the quarterback this year, something terribly has gone wrong. No disrespect to Teddy Bridgewater, but... They just brought Bridgewater in to say, hey, bro, it's time to become the dude that you need to be. Now, we've seen jumps like this in the past, right? Josh Allen in Buffalo had that jump year three, first two years, looked like trash. All of a sudden, last year, near 70% completions, arm looked like a cannon, and off to the races, Buffalo went. So this can happen again in Denver. But I'll tell you this, this is Drew Locke's last chance. There were people in Denver that were clamoring for them to take one of the quarterbacks that was left. Everybody wanted Justin Fields there. They did not. Okay, they did not. They decided to go a different direction. Now, what also Drew Locke needs is he needs his wide receivers, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, to actually hold on to the football. That would be a that would be a start. Those dudes dropped a lot of footballs last year. Noah Fant has to make a step up as well. Now, the the offensive line will get better. Bowles is back. They've kind of done a little revamp on that offensive line. People are healthy. And that should secure, as far as Locke, seeing ghosts. Nothing worse for a young quarterback than a terrible offensive line. If you want to see bust 
in the quarterback position, look at the offensive line and see if they have a pretty decent one or not. And that'll probably tell you what the prospects for a young quarterback will be. So they're better there. The defense is whole. Von Miller's back. Riley Chubb is there. So your bookends are nice. They have a tremendous interior defensive line. And all those guys can get pressure. They're looking for Draymond Jones to step up as well. Who had like six and a half sacks last year. As far as that's concerned. They're looking for him to step up even a little bit more, which makes that defense even scarier. The problem was never the defense with Denver. Nick Fangio is a great defensive mind, so they're good there. It's going to be on the offensive side of the ball on whether they get it done or not. And we'll see. But as far as the defense is concerned, they should be pretty stout this year, and they should be able to help Drew Locke stay in football games. Now, will Drew Locke trust his arm more than he should? And will Cortland Sutton stay healthy, high point the ball, and hold on to it? The other question, will Jerry Judy be five, six yards wide open, streaking down the field only to drop a ball? These are all questions that I have. Now, the running game, you got Melvin Gordon and you got Javante Williams. Now, if you've not seen Javante Williams, he was a running back out of North Carolina. This cat is great. Um, he he had a spectacular year last year, and she he should add some juice to that running back room. The key to the whole season for the Denver Broncos is the question at quarterback. Sounds familiar. We just talked about it with Carr. So Locke is in the same situation. This is also the time on whether this dude is going to get paid or not. He puts together a good season. They make a run at the playoffs, which they are capable of making a run at the playoffs. Make no mistake about it that the the weight of the division is out west. And if you believe in the AFC North, that's where the weight of the division is. We'll see. Now, the Chargers. The other Los Angeles team. You know the team that LA didn't want here. All that. They're here. Justin Herbert looked like a great quarterback. That dude looked like an excellent pick. We did not see any of this at Oregon. There were raw tools, but we didn't think 
the leadership, nor was he mentally strong enough to do this in the NFL. Well, surprise, surprise. Justin Herbert played like an absolute man last year. Shots out to Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler, which Kyler Copeland will tell you is like a, a great fantasy running back, is their Swiss Army knife. Run the football, catch the football, block. I think the Duke punt, kick field goals, sell concessions. He does it all. You know what I'm saying? He does it all. I think the thing about um, the Chargers is that you're looking at a situation where is there regression in Herbert? Like, because he's seen now. And what are they going to get from their offensive weapons? Because here's the thing. The Chargers should be the second best team in this division. There is no doubt about that. They did lose some. Anthony Lynn is gone. They got our guy Staley from the Rams. You know how I feel about that. Not too thrilled about that situation. You know. But it is what it is. Now, the best thing that you can do for a second-year quarterback who had a pretty good year is you get him some offensive line help. Rashawn Slater from Northwestern is the most NFL-ready offensive lineman in this draft. Panay Sewell might be more talented, but technically sound, Rashawn Slater is that guy. I think this is plug-and-play. You get him for 13 years, God forbid, injuries, but I think you're good there. And then they picked up Asante Samuel Jr. Okay. Now, Asante Samuel Jr., if you don't know, is the son of Asante Samuel, who played for the Patriots. And this kid at Florida State did his thing. He did his thing on a real level. It was crazy. And they got a steal in the second round. I think there were guys that, um, honestly, I wouldn't have picked over Asante Samuel. That's just me. But they did. It is what it is. And we go from there. Joey Boza's back on that defense. That's always a good sign. And we'll see if they can get anything out of their linebacking crew this year. Is Kenneth Murray going to be good? That's what we need to know. The other thing is, is Derwin James the safety? He's all-world safety. Is he going to stay healthy? That's the other thing. As far as their wide receivers are concerned, they have some dudes, okay? Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, all there. They got a guy by the name of Josh Palmer out of the draft. 
So, Jared Cook, free agent, got him. So, they got weapons. They got enough. They got enough around Herbert to make a jump. It's going to be on the defense, and it's going to be on how quickly Rashawn Slater gets it together. Is it going to take on four games? Is he going to be kind of a deer in the headlights? You know, that will decide on whether the Chargers have a really good season or they're just kind of getting into the playoffs. I do believe that the Chargers are a playoff team, and we'll get to that more in a second when I give you my picks. The other thing is is that we're going to find out is if Staley can coach. Okay? This is a ready-made roster. It's ready to go. You know, are, do you give them enough juice to really contend in that division or not? Now, let's get to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's one of my favorite situations of all time. The last time we saw our heroes, they were playing in a Super Bowl game against the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. Now, what we found out in that said Super Bowl is that Patrick Mahomes is human. I repeat, Patrick Mahomes is human. I mean, he just got he got chased around. I mean, he just got absolutely annihilated and annihilated and annihilated and annihilated. It was hard to watch towards the end, honestly, to tell you the truth. Now, they went into the offseason like $40 million over the cap. Okay, Brian Gutenkuss, this is for you. Take notes, okay? So the front office does some restructuring on some contracts. Of course, Patrick Mahomes is ready to oblige that. And they're able to basically revamp their team. First of all, in the draft, they got Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma. He's a he's a stud center. Even if he doesn't make it a stud, he's going to be a guard. One of the two. But I think he's going to play center. Now, here's the other thing. Is that when you look at them and you go, okay, well, they had a terrible offensive line last year. And they did it all in one swoop. They fixed it all in one swoop. They were able to get Orlando Brown Jr. from... The Ravens, he's going to be the starting left tackle. Mike Rimmers from the Giants is now there. He's going to start. Joe Tooney, who has also left the Patriots, one of the best interior linemen in all of football, he's also on that offensive line as well. So they rebuilt their offensive line being $40 million over the cap. Hmm. 
I wonder how that happens. I wonder how that goes down. Now, we're going to talk about something a little serious. We don't know the status of Frank Clark, their defensive end. My man was caught with, like, drugs and guns and everything like that. So we have no idea how many games he's going to miss or what kind of charges are on him at this present time. We hope that can all get worked out because this is a this is a chance for them to make a run again. Their defensive line is okay. If Clark is out for any significant amount of time, that's going to hurt them. I'm looking at this situation going, okay, they got, you know, I mean, they still got the the safeties and what have you. Nick Bolton out of Missouri, good pickup. A little light, trying to figure out if that works out in the NFL. But if it does, that guy hits and he finds the football. So Kansas City is trying to do what they can on defense. They don't have to be great because they got Patrick Mahomes. And as long as you got Patrick Mahomes, as long as you got Tariq, you got Tariq Hill, as long as Travis Kelsey stays on the field, does McCole uh, Hartman take a step up? Is Byron Kringle the guy as far as that's concerned? It really just doesn't matter what they do. It's Patrick freaking Mahomes. That dude is talented at quarterback. What do you got to say about that? There's nothing you can't say. Andy Reid schemes it up real well, so you don't have to worry about that. And they're the class of this division. We're not going to sugarcoat it. It is what it is. Unless they have catastrophic injury, they're going to win this division. Let's go to the predictions. All right, so here's the thing. A lot of question marks in the West. You know how I feel about that? Drew Locke is going to have to show it to me. He's going to have to show it to me. He's going to have to make me believe because I don't. Now, here's the thing. I don't think they'll lose a lot of games this year, but I don't think they'll win a lot of games this year. I think they're like on the outside looking in. Like, I believe that this team can go realistically if everything breaks right, they can go 10 and 7. I think their defense keeps them in a lot of games. Maybe they have a, a just a real fortunate, you know, amount of turnovers that go their way. But Drew Locke is going to have to show it to me. I think they fall in at 8-9, and, and John Elway is still looking for the, the next John Elway. Sorry, Mile High Club. Sorry, Bronco fan. 
I got you at eight and nine. I think you have the talent to go like ten and seven. I think you have the talent to be in the playoffs, but I don't trust your quarterback. I just don't trust him. Now we go to the Raiders. This is it to me. This is it for Carr. This is it. If he wants to, listen, this is your last stand, playboy. Get it going. He has everything. If they stay healthy, they should be good. He's another one I'm having a hard time trusting. But I root for the kid. But we got to make strong, solid opinions and make it work, right? That's what we did last year. We were super successful. Go check the archive pods for those previews because they was tasty. And I know that you guys really, really loved them last year. I think the Raiders have a chance of going 10 and 7. They actually might have a chance of going 11 and 6. What I'm wondering about Carr, I'm, war- I'm, I'm wondering about their wide receivers. Still not sold on the defense. Got a lot of guys, but do you have standout guys? I'm going to say that the Raiders go 9-8. and eight. Maybe playoffs, maybe not, but 9-8. and eight. That brings me to the Chargers. Here's the deal with the Chargers. There's going to be some regression with Herbert. So that means that everybody around him needs to be really good. Okay? Now, Boza and that defense stays healthy. Derwin James included in that deal. They're going to be okay. If they don't, this might be another long season for the Chargers. I'm looking at a team that should take another step up. But I don't know if they do. I think they get into the playoffs again. I think they're 10 and 7. They have the talent to go 12 and 5. But I think they go 10 and 7. But making the playoffs. The Raiders have a chance of making the playoffs as well. I don't know when we have like our last picks of like, okay, who's going to win? Who's going to get to the AFC championship game and all that. I'll give you all of that news and how we figured it out. You know what? You know, ancient scrolls that we had to decipher to get there. But I think that the Chargers are our playoff team. I just think they might make an early round exit. Now to the Chiefs. The Chiefs should be loaded for bear. And if they are 
in that right mindset, they should go off and win a bunch of games. I think the remnant of the Super Bowl sticks over them a little bit. Not uh, not enough to knock them out of first place. Let's not get it twisted. As long as you have Mahomes and your offensive line is relatively healthy, you got a shot. Too much speed, too much versatility on that team. But I think they take a little step back this year. Like last year, I had them winning like, I think it was 15 and 1 or 14 and 2. I think it was 14 and 2. I think this year they're they're 12 and 5. They have the opportunity to go like 13 and 4 or whatever, but I think that's like the zenith. But 12 and 5 is where they go. They still win this division easy. I think they're a major player when it comes to getting to the championship game and getting to the big game. You know what I'm talking about? But I think that's how it plays out. I think you're looking at Denver last, Raiders third, Chargers second, Chiefs first. Chiefs 12 and 5, Los Angeles Chargers 10 and 7, Raiders 9 and 8, Denver 8 and 9. There's a lot of there's a lot of um parity between two, three, and four in that division. So that's how I have it looking out. That's your AFC West preview. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have to hit you with a bunch of numbers. That's what my guys are for. But they need a break because it's been a hell of a week with the NBA draft and free agency and trades and all that. So your boy had to go solo on this mission. I'm happy to do it. All right. Now. Are no doubt about it. Persons of the week. We got a a family friend. And um you know, we talk about at the end of the pod going out and helping your community and doing all this and, and everything like that. And um, we have a couple of friends by the name of Nicole and her mom. And um, they they give of their, their, their time to uh, places where there are people in need. Um, they do it weekly. Through the pandemic, she uh, Nicole was able to um, put together a Zoom call so she would still be in con- contact with the people to inspire hope, to spread love. Um, they're just great people, but they give back. They give back to their community in a big way. Their daughter was even to the point where she was going in during the pandemic and like helping out 
her church. So the family just has a, a real big heart for giving and what have you. And, you know, these are just people, normal, everyday people who decided that God had blessed them so, so mightily that they wanted to go ahead and give back. And they do. And they don't do it for the accolades. And I'm sure they'll be embarrassed by being our no doubt about it persons of the week. Because they really don't do it for any sort of shine whatsoever. They do it because it's the right thing to do and they do it for God. So, shouts out to Nicole and her mom being QP Sports Exchange podcast. No doubt about it. Persons of the week. Shouts out to my to my people. Nicole and her mom. They, listen, you're impacting your community in a major way. You're doing it. You're staying out the limelight. It's all for the glory of God. I can't be more. Listen, it makes my heart just. With all that I've been going through, seeing you guys and seeing how you guys have flourished through this whole thing. Um, it's been a great source of, of, of happiness and joy. And also understanding that seeing other people's have blessings can make you feel good as well. Because we like it when, you know, just good things happen to good people, right? So those are my people. Those are my, no doubt about it, persons of the week. So shouts out to Nicole and her mom again. All right, we're going to shut this down and get up out of here. Listen. Tomorrow, we're going to hit you with a pod. Don't worry. It'll all be there. It'll be crispy. It'll be great. We'll go over the draft. We'll go over free agency. We're going to go over rumors. All that. But, as we like to end the show, be good to yourself. Make sure you're okay. Make sure you have the proper people around you that allow you to be okay. You know, you're able to self-scout, self-assess, make changes when you need to, but you're centered and you're ready to go. Appreciate those people that allow you to get centered and do self-assessment and allow you to some room to grow. Appreciate those people. Tell them that you love them. Tell them if they need anything, you're there for them. Work hard for them. Then you go out into the world and you be good to your neighbor. You know, a friendly hello, a wave, a smile, a couple words here and there can go a long way. Especially now, because people aren't expecting it. And then the third thing is this. Donate your time to worthwhile causes in your community. There are a lot of people out there who are suffering, who are going through it. Maybe they're going through it financially. Maybe they're going through it through addiction. Maybe they're going through it with mental illness. But giving of your time is is absolutely uh, one of the rarest gifts that you can give. And if you're so blessed abundantly to the point where your time is so limited because God has made your life so fruitful, 
open up the open up the wallet and and give back. It's gonna make you feel great, and you're going to help people that you'll never meet, and you're gonna impact some people in such a profound way that it's gonna make them make the necessary changes in their life to live better. I'm one of those people, so um, I always feel that when I do this, people are hearing, in a sense, their 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 donations to to the organization that helped me out, and they say, "Wow, we this is we had a we had a part in this. We had a part in this." Again, I want to thank um, I want to thank all the audience members for being patient with us. Um, I want to thank you guys for understanding um, that I am human and things go on in, in my house that impact me and don't allow me to bring the energy that I want to bring to this podcast. And I never want to sell you short. So if you're not getting this energy, I want to make sure that I can give you this. This is what I can do for you. So in turn, I thank you for listening. I thank you guys for supporting. Please tell your friends to download and subscribe, rate and review on Apple, on Spotify. Let's get this thing moving. We're going in the right direction. QPPN is trying to take over the world. We're trying to bring positivity to everybody, and we want to bring you some laughs along the way. So, with that being said, you guys have a great rest of your Sunday, and I am out.